Welcome back to Well, That's Interesting. The bad way to go, but honestly, they had it coming edition. I mean, <laughs> sounds like America. You oh. know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. <laughs> uh, speaking of the dark ages, uh, <laughs> today is episode 092, Flamboyant Medieval Deaths. I mean, mm. is there anything... <laughs> Better. Like, is there anything that, like, I love no. something flamboyant. Yep. I love something medieval. That's right. I love <laughs> hearing about death. <laughs> when you put all three together, you know it's going to be, well, that's interesting. That's right. <laughs> it's going to be this show. And I'm Jill Chacha, and I'm with the very excited and very medieval herself, Marissa Riley. That's me. <laughs> I am so freaking medieval. So metal. Y'all know. Mm-hmm. Y'all know. <laughs> <laughs> if this is your first time listening, welcome to the flock. Welcome. Dr. Riley here comes in cold and learns everything in real time, just like you. It's true. I had no <laughs> idea what we were going to talk about today. And now that I do, I, I am excited. Mm-hmm. And I want to make a lot of guesses, yeah. but I... I have a feeling Jill will tell me about some stuff I've never heard of. Oh, yeah. So, oh, my God. Yeah. So today is a very interesting, apt, aptly interesting day. Good times. <laughs> my friends, today we have two stories, each involving extremely wealthy, important political figures of their day and their horrible demise. I, I love a horrible demise. <laughs> so horrible. It's the best way to end a day, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Their deaths took place literally hundreds upon hundreds of years ago, but how they died was so god-awful and honestly funny, the details still survive to this very day in 2022. Amazing. Amazing. Mm-hmm. I hope my death is, well, first of all, in, in a while from now. <laughs> but also I hope it's so hilarious that people are talking about it for centuries. That would be something centuries i don't want to die in my sleep i want to die like yeah falling off of the bridge at niagara falls or something (laughs) do they have a bridge (laughs) i want to be like 98 and just be like oh i dropped i dropped my earring and then off i go (laughs) is that too much to ask i really think that's what it's gonna be something simple but also needlessly complicated right It's going to be so funny. Just y'all wait. Okay. (laughs) Hopefully you'll end up on a podcast a thousand years from now. Oh my gosh. I hope so. Oh my God. My friends, I'd like to share with you the time a king's corpse exploded. Embarrassing. (laughs) So embarrassing. I just imagine like a a final fart that he didn't get out before he died. Kind of. That's kind of what happened. Stop it. Yes. Stop it. I never, I'm getting better at calling these, but I'm like... Farts. You farts. know, what's funnier than farts? That's right. Legendary. Death They're farts. Death Hilarious. Farts. <laughs> Hilarious. Uh, yeah, his corpse exploded during his funeral. And then... In- <laughs> <laughs> that is so amazing. Do you think Do you think everyone at the... Oh my God, Jill is like... Oh, is t- slowly turning purple. Um, but... Wouldn't it be great if, like, everyone was, like, trying to be quiet and somber at the funeral and all of a sudden they all just hear, and they're, like, trying not to laugh, and they're just, like, I bet it's happened. It has to happen. It has to. It has to happen. In all of human history, 
Uh, flock, members of the flock, have you been to a funeral and the corpse farted? Did it make a noise? Yeah. Please write, the, write to us. And were you scared or were you laughing or were both? You know what? Actually, I changed my death. I want to die <laughs> peacefully in my bed at a very old age. Yeah. And then at my funeral, I want to let one rip. I mean, you're a comedian, so I mean, this is the perfect way. Can to we? End, can you t- write this down? Yeah. Yes, I'll write it down <laughs> in case I go first. Can okay. you make sure this happens? This yeah. is dark. Yeah. <laughs> we talk about this all the time. I know we talk about death constantly, <laughs> but we never talk about death farts. Okay, continue. Okay. Today's the day. Today's the day. <laughs> we'll just tick that right off the list. Absolutely, we got it. We finally, it. sweet Jesus. Uh, And in the second half of the show, I'd like to tell you about another event when 60, that's right, 60 nobles all drowned in a giant pool of human shit. That's amazing. (laughs) That's amazing. There were nobles. Does that mean, was that like the old equivalent of like a finance man? Pretty much. Amazing. I'm kind of into this. Nothing against finance people. But also, as yeah. someone who's worked in finance and ah. should have been paid more, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. John. <laughs> yes. I don't John. Think, yeah, John. I just described like millions of people who you work did. in finance. You did. But I should have been paid more. And if, you know, it's, I'm going to stop talking okay. now. Tell me more. <laughs> <It's okay. Yes. laughs> Let's continue. We'll talk about John. Later. We'll, yeah, we'll okay. settle that. We'll settle okay, that later. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> we have to get to our exploding king, so should we begin? Oh, yes, please. All right, and to do so, we need to really gas up our time machine, and we need to dial it way back to 1028. Now that, I, That's actually yeah. way, back. That I, way back. I don't know why I was expecting 2019 again. <laughs> <laughs> is it weird that 2019 feels more like a longer yes. time ago than 1028. Yes, 110%. Yes. I don't know what it is about that year. Mm-hmm. I think it's our last year of innocence pre-pandemic. Yes, exactly. So much innocence. Life- I had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> it was a whole other lifetime. That was like 12 wrinkles ago. It is yeah. insane. <laughs> it is insane. Okay, continue. Yeah, this is 1028 uh, AD, not AM or PM. It's 1028 AD. Oh, yeah, it does look like yeah. a time. It, does. <laughs> it really does. Uh, and we happen to be uh, on the beautiful shores of Normandy, which is one nice thing, at least. Yes, um, yes. Take me there. Yeah, Maybe. For- <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, for my fellow geographically challenged Americans, if you're not sure where Normandy is, don't worry. I've got you. Imagine France. Oh, I do want to go. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Take me there. <laughs> it's fucking nice. Uh, please point to its center. Okay. Move your finger north until you reach the coastline, and just a smidge to the left is Normandy. Bonjour. Voila. Voila. Uh-huh. <laughs> Not uh-huh. French words. Oh, I'm yes. sorry. That was offensive. My That's... laugh was offensive to French people. <laughs> so, uh. And John. <laughs> oh, my God. You really, really <laughs> tore John a new one. <laughs> so... All right, so it's an awkward day in in, uh, 1028 because born out of wedlock to Robert I, uh, Duke of Normandy, and Herliva, a tanner's daughter, was a baby boy named William. Oh, okay. Now, there's some good news and bad news for William. Uh, Here's the good news. Uh, The Duke adored him. Oh, my God. What more can you ask for than a loving father? Jesus. That's so hard to find these days. Huge. Especially back then. I know. Yeah. Uh, Robert embraced William as a part of the family and actually named him next in line. Score. 
Huge. Amazing. Huge. Nailed it. And uh, even the King of France, Henry I, was totally okay with all of this. Oh my God. This is a lot of great things. Absolutely. Way to go. Uh, here's the bad news. It's still 1028. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And during his single digit years, little William's nickname was William the Bastard. You know, it, it's, yeah. I know it's bad, but it sounds kind of cool. <laughs> it sounds kind of like, what if I was Marissa the Bastard? That's, it wouldn't make cool. any sense at all. It would make no sense. No but sense. But it sounds cool awesome. AF. Yeah. Do people still say AF? I've been feeling very old lately. We'll talk about it later. Tell me more about Will the Bastard. So, and super unfortunately for Will, his father died while returning from a pilgrimage to uh, Jerusalem when he was eight. Oh, got it. Yeah, things yeah. are things are going bad. So yeah. this means this means the new Duke of Normandy is eight years old. And boy, howdy, if anyone wants to usurp a throne, taking it from a child is the time to do it. It's so easy to take <laughs> things from children. I, I feel like that's the darkest thing I've said on the show. Candy, thrones, all the things. Just in case anyone important is listening, I do not take things from children. I don't even yes, talk do. to them. You just <laughs> you push them down and you just rob them wide. <laughs> Stop it, Jill. <laughs> I really don't, though. Okay. Continue. That's why we call you Marissa the Bastard. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Oh, okay. So, Dr. Marissa, please tell us what William experienced at this time, which probably had a massive impact forming his personality. Oh, dear. Okay. Mm. <laughs> From Britannica.com, quote, his weakness being eight <laughs> led to a breakdown of authority. Private castles were erected, public power was usurped by lesser nobles, and private warfare broke fucking out. Uh, three, <laughs> I added a word, three of William's guardians died violent deaths before he grew up and his tutor was murdered. Mm -hmm. His father's kin were of little help since most of them thought that they stood to gain by the boy's death. Mm -hmm. His mother, however, managed to protect him through the most uh, dangerous period. Uh, these early difficulties probably contributed to William's strength of purpose and his dislike of lawlessness and misrule, end quote. Mm -hmm. So basically, I just like how um, yeah. they were like uh, three of <laughs> William's guardians died violent deaths <laughs> and his tutor was murdered. Like it was like <laughs> yes. as if murder was less yeah not violent bad no. maybe maybe they like slit his throat in his sleep or something <laughs> yes. so it, that's pretty violent though it's even violent. if you're not around for it i mean it's 10 the ten thirties at this point right yeah it's violent it's also violent what were the violent deaths that weren't murder were they also <laughs> murder i'm unclear or did they like fall off of cliffs or something <laughs> My money's on violent murder. Yeah, I think it's a they violent, were all violent murder. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So Britannica has a way of whitewashing things. Uh huh. Uh, to say he grew up with a dislike for lawlessness is a nice way to say William went on a fucking rampage, rampage since his teens, and really never stopped. Got it. That is uh, that can be problematic. Yeah. yeah. Between the age of eighteen and his early twenties, uh, he was killing off family members, specifically his cousin, who attempted multiple rebellions. Mm. 
And as for the non-family members who joined them, Dr. Marissa, please tell us, as reported by Mental Floss, what example did he make of those folks? I mean, let's, I I don't think it's anything good. Let's talk about (laughs) it. Okay, quote, uh, William punished the rebels by lobbing off their hands and feet. End quote. (laughs) I mean, way to just like, like show the world what your brand is, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, uh, you know, I don't decapitate people. I don't burn people. I don't poison people Mm -hmm. uh, because that's what women do. Yep. We love poisoning people. Um, (laughs) But (laughs) I take off their hands and feet and let them try to figure it out from there. That is my brand. That is my Instagram bio. (laughs) If he was alive today. (laughs) He really wanted to establish. That's right. Hashtag hands and feet. There you go. There you go. Now, as time went on, Will massacred lots of people in northern France to to eventually become the most powerful man in that region. Most notable was the takedown and conquering of Maine in 1063. Mm. Mm -hmm. But as Will got older, he also made some strategic, nonviolent political moves like marriages and the like. Uh, He was even dashing enough to win over England's King Edward. Interesting. Yes. Now, I know what you're thinking. Why England's? King Edward. Yeah. Well, it's because Eddie ain't had no children. Oh. And William thought, if I can win him over, I could be called next in line, just the same way my father did unto me. So why be a duke when you can be a king? Yeah. Go for it. That's right. He's Hawk Edward. That's right. He's just killing up. Killing up. Amazing. I love it. Uh, and my friends, it worked. King Edward, yes, of course it did. King Edward of England named William I, a.k.a. William the Bastard, his successor. But it being medieval times, 1066 at this point, shit like transition transitions of power do not go smoothly. Before we move forward, I just want to say, like, I wish I had that kind of confidence right? to just, like, walk up to, like... A king. A king, <laughs> or, like, the president, and just be like... Hey, <laughs> I'm the one. Yep. Um, I'm next. Look at this face. This look, at this. Look, look at this. Look at this face. Look at this face. I'm a leader, clearly. And then them just being like, yeah, you're right. You know what? Here's all my money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I have no qualifications. Um, I feel like that's happened before. All right. Uh, <laughs> uh, nothing changes. So, no. Dr. Marissa, please tell us the clusterfuck which happened next? I would love to. All right. From Britannica.com, quote, When Edward died childless on January 15th, 1066. Fifth. Oh, uh, January 5th. <laughs> Sorry. Only facts Heaven here. forbid. <laughs> it was 10 days later. Get with it. I will. All right. Uh, when Edward died childless on January 5th, uh, 1066, Harold... Earl of Wessex and Edward's brother-in-law was accepted as king by the English magnates. William decided on war, Mm -hmm. end quote. I mean, not to take William's side, but like a promise had been made. That's right. And uh, Harold... Harold fucked fucked things up. Fucked things up. Harold, you fucked it up. You fucked it up, Harold. (laughs) So... That's right, my friends. Pack your bags and 4,000 to 7,000 cavalry and infantry. Oh, dear. We're invading England. So we are. Let's yeah. do it. So William, <laughs> <laughs> William and his army left France in September of 1066. And by December, in three months, Harold was dead 
thanks to an arrow through the eye. Efficient. So efficient. Uh, England now belonged to William I. Finally. Now, needless to say, this event, called the Battle of Hastings, changed Will's nickname from William the Bastard to what he's now referred to, William the Conqueror. That, you know what? It's douchier. I don't like it. (laughs) (laughs) I preferred William the Bastard because, like... Like, it was a little more down-to-earth, like, a little more relatable. Mm -hmm. Like, he couldn't control what his parents had done to him. That's right. Testify. But this is, like, like, Midas call him William the Douche. (laughs) (laughs) And the thing is, someone who... who He is from France, so you you can say douche. The douche. (laughs) William the douche. The douche. (laughs) But, yeah, um, it it just sounds douchier. Yeah. So, Dr. Marissa... (laughs) Do tell us, what gift did William give himself over the December holiday? Oh, my God. And what did he do afterwards to make sure the English obeyed, you know, being an outsider from Normandy and all? Yeah, that's awkward. All right, let's talk about it. (laughs) From Alex Carter of Mental Floss, quote, After winning a victory at the bloody Battle of Hastings, William was crowned king on Christmas. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Douche. Total douche. Douche. What a douche. I love it, though. Uh, though <laughs> William instituted constitutional and social reforms and ended Viking influence in England during his reign, he was also a tyrant. In 1069, he began what would become known as the harrying of the North, mm-hmm. a campaign of putting down rebellions by burning villages and crops and slaughtering herd animals and even villagers. Uh Wait, I'm just going to pause for a second on this quote. What? Why is he doing this? Putting down rebellions. It sounds like he's just like marking his territory. It's annoying. Anyways, continuing the quote, those who, who survived were desperate. They reportedly resorted to cannibalism and many starved to death, end yeah. quote. Well, that's fucking interesting. Yeah, it's ter- that is, and terrible, yeah. That's terrible. Yeah. Do you like how before terrible, <laughs> I was like, that's amazing. That's all. I'm so here for this. That's why you co-host the show. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> so, good news. Not only did Will the Conqueror smite the English, he also invaded Scotland in 1072 and Wales in 1081. So he's just making friends everywhere. For realsies, <laughs> <So>, for real. <laughs> of, of course, that's sarcasm. Uh, by age 57, King William wasn't the most well-liked man. Yeah. Uh, he was also of gargantuan proportions. Oh, mm-hmm. like he, he, had, he, he had gained a few? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. got it, got mm-hmm. it, got it. Okay. He filled out the role of king very well. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> so... <laughs> I'm fine. Okay. And uh, all of this would be his downfall, as William's heir, Robert, led a campaign against him back in France. And we all know disobedience is not tolerated, so Will was determined to kill his own son, if need be. Oh, come on. Mm-hmm. You two just sit down, have a fucking glass of wine, and talk. Heaven forbid yeah. we talk it out. Mm-hmm. Heaven forbid. Heaven forbid. Now, legend has it that while in battle, Will's horse unexpectedly reared up, thrusting the saddle into his chonky abdomen. Oh, dear. It punched him with such force, it punctured, you guessed it, his intestines. Oh, that's Mm. hard to come back from. Oh, yeah. Especially in, what is this, 1060-something now? Yeah, exactly. Ouch. Yeah. Yeah. For six weeks, 
Medieval doctors attempted to save the king with medieval medicine, and spoiler, it didn't work. I'm surprised he lasted six, six weeks. weeks. That feels like a six-hour type of problem. Yeah, you'd think, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Jesus. So I guess there was a lot of leeches involved. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> so at this point, William was going to die, and he knew it. So he did what any war criminal would do on their deathbed, admit their wrongdoings, and attempt to avoid the agony of hell. Oh, dear. Yeah, so, <laughs> so, Dr. Marissa, would you like to take turns reading his confession? Oh my God, nothing would make me happier. <laughs> so heads up, it was written down by Orderic Vitalis, an historian of the time. Nice. Uh, historians today believe the confession to be wildly dramatized of what he actually said, but William, I mean, probably definitely wanted to be absolved before death. So he did say something. This is what Orderic wrote down and true or not or dramatized it is i think an amazing reveal of what people of the time period thought of him i thought so okay i, th- I think it's kind of important so i like something a little dramatized yeah, i mean not? it's like television yeah, at the time pretty great so please take it away dr marissa in your best game of thrones accent this is gonna be god awful but <laughs> i will do my best um i feel like i need a little strum of mm-hmm. that that musical instrument you with do. the strings yes is like a anyways okay i'm gonna start this <laughs> quote i treated the native inhabitants of the kingdom with unreasonable severity, cruelly oppressed, high and low, unjustly disinherited many, and caused the death of thousands by starvation and war, especially in Yorkshire. <laughs> Damn, Yorkshire. They <laughs> <laughs> had to make it dramatic. Yeah, it's, uh, it had to be really bad. So yeah. in mad fury, I descended on the English of the north like a raging lion. <laughs> And ordered that their homes and crops, with all their equipment and furnishings, <laughs> sorry, it's okay, should be burnt at once, and their great flocks and herds of sheep and cattle slaughtered everywhere. Show. <laughs> oh, we're both gonna pass out. <laughs> You're gonna hear a long silence on the podcast, and if you do, it's already too late because we're publishing much later. Okay. Uh, continuing the quote, so I chastised a great multitude. This sounds more like Kira Knightley. <laughs> it does Game of Thrones. My Uba's here. <laughs> Only Jill and I get that. Okay. Uh, so I chastised a great multitude of men and women with the lash of starvation and alas was the cruel murderer of many thousands, both young and old, of this Fair people, end quote. Yes. Yes, end quote. Do you like the, my commitment to <laughs> yes. my craft? It's, it's inspiring. I'm SAG. <laughs> she is, actually. I never paid the dues, but I'm SAG eligible. <laughs> Marissa the SAG. <laughs> Marissa the SAG. <laughs> All right. When William finally drew his last, bre- last breath on September 7th, I'm sorry, now I'm fucking up the dates. It's all good. I, I deserve that. <laughs> I gave you shit. I wasn't going to say anything either. <laughs> On September 9th, 1087, the lesser nobles did what any one of us would do in the situation. They ransacked all of his shit. Oh, thank God. You know he has some good stuff, oh, too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for real, the king was practically left naked on his deathbed. <laughs> and worst of all, no one. No one claimed the body. He was just left there. Wow. Yeah. That hurts. But yeah. he's not there to really, I mean, depending on his afterlife beliefs. But, 
but that's yeah, embarrassing. It's really, really embarrassing. A random, a random ass knight named Herluin stepped forward to bury the king, and Orderic wrote, quote, Herluin was induced by his natural goodness to undertake the charge of the funeral for the love of God and the honor of his country. He therefore procured at his own expense persons to embalm and carry the body, end quote. Fucking Herluin. How yeah. nice. Like, Super nice. Way to be a bigger person. Um, I wonder if he was doing it for a reason. Like, do mm. you think he was, like, impressing a, a prospective partner? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, you know what? I'm going to bury this. Yeah. You, you want to hear something cool? I buried it. A I buried a king, king today. Just because I'm nice. That's right. I wonder if that got him laid. I... I, I guess. Know. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know. <laughs> I don't know how it works. I don't know how it works back then. So, Dr. Marissa, would you like to tell us a little bit about this voyage and what was happening to the king's body at the same time? Oh, I mean, nothing would make me happy. <laughs> do I have to do the accent again for this? It's really your choice. Okay, I'm going to I'm gonna give the listeners a break and not do it. Um, okay, from Alex Carter of Mental Floss, quote, this trip around 70 miles, damn, likely took uh, quite some time mm-hmm. uh, as the corpse slowly made its way uh, to Khan, uh, the bacteria in the late king's gut leaked out into the rest of his body, decomposing the tissue at a frightening rate and filling the late king with putrid gas, end quote. I totally forgot what we were trying to get to, (laughs) and now I'm so excited. I'm sweating. Tell me more. Okay, that's right, my friends. This huge guy was becoming huger, if you will. Oh my god. When this funeral procession finally made its way to Khan, burial was delayed even further by a fire. Uh, Come on. (laughs) (laughs) This is extra time that helped the king expand even more. And good news, the delays didn't end there because the eventual funeral turned into, quote, a lengthy legal meeting. The mourning party was... The morning party was accosted by a man claiming that the land the king wanted, uh, the king wished to be buried in, was actually his, and that his family had been robbed of it. End quote from Mental Floss. I get it. Yeah. I yeah, I'd be like, look, this is my backyard. Yeah, um, it probably, probably was. Yeah. I I can't. I don't want to dig it up. I just mm. planted the azaleas. Yeah, and yeah. Um, can you do it somewhere else? <laughs> Please and thank Please. you. Yes. So, uh, this dude though was actually paid off, so he got some money, maybe. Okay, he can buy new azaleas. Exactly. And the king was finally going to be entered into the ground. But my friends, brace yourself. I am. The stone sarcophagus was too small. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. But too small be damned. People were over William and over all the fucking drama. They had had enough, so they shoved him in. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, Dr. Dr. Marissa, according to Oderick... or Orderick, what happened as they attempted to shove the sausage into the casing? <laughs> let's, let's, what a metaphor. Okay, let's talk about it. <laughs> All right, quote, The swollen bowels burst, mm. and an intolerable stench assailed the nostrils of the bystanders and the whole crowd. Gross. Even the frankincense and spices of the censers was not enough to mask the spe- the smell, and the rites were hurriedly concluded. End quote. That's right. It's so funny. That uh, is so funny. I can see them going through and the Father, the Father, Son, the Holy Ghost, and the Okay, okay, put him away. <laughs> That's right. He exploded, and I'm. <laughs> 
things you've ever said on this podcast. <laughs> That'll be merch at some point. Yes, That's please. Right. That's exploded. right. He exploded. <laughs> and I'm happy to report his grave and remains were desecrated throughout the years. Okay. <laughs> Uh, most notably, even in death, this king could not escape the French Revolution, as most of his bones were thrown into the River Orne, which runs through Caen. Okay. Mm-hmm. All that is left of William the Conqueror to this day is his thigh bone, oh. which is now covered by a marble slab in the in front of the altar in the Abbey au Rome, if you want to see it. Uh-huh. And uh, that's the tale of that guy. There you go. After the break! <laughs> Uh, greedy nobles dying in a pool of shit. Does Amazing. that sound good to you? That sounds so good. All right. <laughs> Stay tuned. Please do. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, everyone. Jill Chacha here from Well, That's Interesting. And I am absolutely thrilled to tell you about Spotify for Podcasters. I use it. I love it. And it all started by downloading the free Spotify for Podcasters app, which has all the tools you need in one place to record and edit your masterpiece of a podcast. Spotify for Podcasters also distributes your show to all major platforms. So when you hit publish, your episodes will stream not only on Spotify, but I'm talking about the Apples, the Googles, Stitcher, Good Pods, the other ones. <laughs> you get the idea. And you can monetize your podcast with no minimum listenership required. You could also set up monthly subscriptions and record ads just like this one. So what are you waiting for? Download Spotify for Podcasters today and start changing the world. Oh, and please, stay interesting. And we're back. We are so back. We're so back. And my friends, I don't know where the old saying, shit happens, originated, but uh, <laughs> the event we're about to discuss would be a really good start. Amazing, amazing, <laughs> amazing. I'm really excited. <laughs> Uh, so let's leave our exploded king for a moment and travel east. Okay. Just a bit okay. to the aptly named town of Erfurt. Erfurt. <laughs> We're going to Erfurt, that's my lord. Right. I hate myself. <laughs> that's right, Erfurt. And where is this, you may ask? All right, please, everyone, imagine Germany. You got it. All right. Point to its center. Okay. And move your finger just a smidge to the right. And here is the fucking ancient city of Erfurt, which still exists to this day. Amazing. Yeah. So just how old is this place, though? Well, it's estimated to have been established in the 8th century. Single digits. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) And is best known for two things. Okay. 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 One, Martin Luther, father of the Protestant Reformation, was ordained in Erfurt's cathedral. You... (laughs) 
All right, we're so close. That's so close. That man. was a lot of w- words. Uh, okay. Martin Luther was ordained in Erfurt's Cathedral of St. Mary. Amazing. Send that sentence to hell, Jesus. It yeah, goes hard. You never have know. to say it again. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> and two, an incident known as Erfurter Latrinensit. Nailed it. I-, I could say that, but not cathedral. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> so Erfurter Latrinensit, which we need to discuss immediately. Yes, please. Now, a century has passed since William the Conqueror blew up, and it is now... <laughs> And it is now 1184. All right. Times and, have changed. Uh, actually, not at all. Oh, okay. <laughs> no progress. Uh, Got it. Mm-hmm. Sounds familiar. Okay. Yeah. So titles, prestige, and land disputes among the rich were still going strong, even in Little Erfurt, which happens to fall under the rule of the Holy Roman Empire, uh, led by King Henry VI. Got it. A.K.A. King Heinrich VI of the Hoffenstufen dynasty. You had a little too much fun saying those <laughs> words. Can I try saying Hoffenstufen? Yeah, go for it. Okay, Hoffenstufen. <laughs> I'm so sorry if we're offending anyone from Germany right now. If it helps, my mom is from Germany. <laughs> yeah, even though that doesn't really mean anything. <laughs> and I just... It's impossible not to say it like that. It's impossible not to say it so. like that. Well, well anyway, <laughs> we did our everyone best. in the story is dead. Don't worry. Okay. <laughs> My friends, there are going to be even more whimsical names than all of the Potter books combined in this story. So please brace yourself. Okay. It's going to be one hell of a ride. Anyway, <clears throat> like I mentioned, this period of time was a lot like other periods of time, full of pol- political strife thanks to a constant power struggle between the feudal nobles and religious leaders of the Roman Catholic Church. Amazing. Enter Conrad of Wittelsbach. Oh my God! Conrad! Conrad. Wittelsbach! Amazing. Uh, and Conrad was an archbishop. Of course he was. We're just going to call him Conrad. Amazing. And Ludwig III, the landgrave of Thuringia. Yes. I am obsessed. <laughs> Let me try that one. Yeah. Ludwig III, the landgrave of Thuringia. Mm-hmm. Did you make this up? <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like something from Lord of the Rings. Um, I, I'm Have so some of stuck. our listeners heard of Lord of the Rings? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do you know I talked to a young 20-something the other day? Yeah. And I asked them who, if they knew of Daft Punk. Oh. And they did it! Ah! Wow. If you are young and haven't heard of Daft Punk, it's totally fine. It's never too late. Google mm. Daft Punk and enjoy. And then um, Lord of the Rings. And then Two very different Lord things. of the Rings. <laughs> Daft Punk you'll like. Lord of the Rings. I don't know. I don't know. It, it, it could be a thing or not. Mm-hmm. Anyways, back to the pod. Okay, so Landgrave, what the fuck is that? I gave it a Google, and it's basically a count who has jurisdiction over a territory. Oh, fancy count. That's right. Nice. <laughs> fancy count. And it turns out this archbishop and this Landgrave people, they fucking hated each other with a passion. Got it. According to allthatsinteresting.com, quote, it's unclear exactly what prompted the conflict, but it's most likely, it most likely had to do with a land dispute or issues over land control. End quote. I mean, land, mm-hmm. you know. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. Now, this little tiff must have been a fiery one because it eventually got the attention of the king, Henry VI. Mm. And in the most medieval version of multitasking I've ever seen, he actually made a pit stop in Erfurt intending to calm matters. Yet this, while on his way to invade Poland. So... <laughs> I 
I am obsessed with this. Yeah. That is so efficient. Yeah. He, that's how this a New is, Yorker thinks. Yes. They're like, I have to get my hair cut at three, which means I can stop at a bodega, you know, mm-hmm. two, and I can pick up my dry cleaning there at one, and I can have a mental breakdown at one thirty. So there you go. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Into it. So, Dr. Marissa, please tell us, as reported by Natasha Ishik, what was the king's plan in Erfurt? I would love to talk about <laughs> this amazing person who is organized. All right. Quote, whatever the problem was, it's believed that King Heinrich the Sixth wanted to settle the conflict between the two men once and for all. Uh, as he made his way through the territory, he called for a meeting involving a number of the region's nobles and high-ranking officers. Some may have been expected to act as media- mediators during the negotiations. End quote. Okay, so this is very organized. Extremely. So then- I mean, nowadays, there, he would have made a Google Doc. Yes. Or um, mm-hmm. a calendar invite. There you go. Or something like, or a text i don't know it sounds like he he yeah for medieval medieval times he called for a civilized meeting even one with mediators so props to him yeah uh, saint peter's church was chosen as the place where they would all gather it being a pretty sizable building for the day uh, now a lot of reports and even the wiki states that they were on the second floor of the church okay so put a pin in that because now is a good time to briefly cover how toilets worked back in 1184. <laughs> okay. I think about this all the time. I think all the time about what did they do mm. for people's periods oh, and yeah. bathroom use before a certain yeah. year. It's rough. Because, it's rough. I mean, it's complicated nowadays. I can't imagine how complicated it was mm. before tampons and toilets. Yeah. Yeah, it's bad. I hope I didn't gross anyone out. It's just how it works. Yeah. Off the top of your head, what do you think they did? Hole in the ground. You're absolutely right. (laughs) (laughs) Natasha Ishik actually wrote a lovely summary for allthat'sinteresting.com. Quote, back in the medieval days, latrines were built in whatever empty space could be spared with the most basic system of all, building a hole or pit and letting the waste drop into it. Easy peasy. (laughs) In castles, the space used for the latrine would typically protrude outward from the exterior walls of the structure. This way, the waste... This way, the waste hole could be located directly above the grounds or moats surrounding the building. Unfortunately, in the case of the latrine in Erfurt, the cesspit for gathering waste was located directly below the meeting of the nobles on the first floor. Yeah. Gross. Yeah. So they're right there. There you go. They're smelling it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, (laughs) I think we all see where this is going as well. You know, meetings already suck, Mm. as is. Mm Mm-hmm. Can you imagine going to a meeting and there's also literal shit? Yeah, there below your feet. It's terrible. Yeah, so let's uh, let's get into it. Let's, Liter- literally let's get in there. Oh yeah, gross. My friends, in July of all months, in uh, <laughs> oh no, <laughs> yes. that just hit me. Okay, yeah. in July of all months, two of eleven eighty four. Some somewhere between sixty and one hundred prominent nobles and religious figures filled the second floor of the wooden church. Got it. Okay, and yes, the king was there too. Legend has it, as the meeting began, you guessed it, the floor gave way and the men fell to their doom. I love this so much. (laughs) Into a massive cesspit full of human shit and piss. This is amazing. Yeah. The actual death toll was around 60 itself. Oh, God damn it. I was hoping none of them died and it was just hilarious. Yeah, people died. Oh, yeah, they died. Yeah. Uh, Some died in the fall. 
Some died due to drowning, being buried under the weight of their fellow affluent brothers. Oh my god! Can you... That's a bad day. You know, we were talking about death earlier. I don't want this to be my death. No. I just want to be very clear. I want to die in my sleep, and then my body will fart during the funeral. I don't want to drown in shit. Okay. I do want to wish that upon a lot of people, though. Oh, yeah. It's my Mm -hmm. new insult. Like, instead of die in a fire, uh, what can I say? Die in a cesspool of shit in medieval times. I like it. It's it's a lot of words. I'll cut it down. But (laughs) I am obsessed. So, I know what you're thinking. What happened to the king? Was this land dispute ever settled? I'm sure you're thinking that. So, uh, Ludwig was a lucky son of a bitch, and although he was one of the men who fell into the crapper, he survived. Of course he did! Yeah, uh, so as for the king and the archbishop, well, I have differing accounts. Okay. The wiki states the king, being the king, sat in a fancy alcove to the side, and the floor of the alcove was stone and not wood. So when the wooden center collapsed, he was rescued clinging to the iron rails of a window. Okay. Mm-hmm. Natasha Ishik reports that the archbishop was, city, was, seated, yeah. was seated with him, and he was also found in the same way. Okay. So at the end of the, this shitty day, literally, I don't know if the two men resolved their little fucking land issue, but let's hope. After all the death and embarrassment, these two idiots came to the conclusion, life is short and it's just not worth it. I don't think so. No, I, don't. I don't think so. All kinds of terrible things happen in America every day and yeah. everyone is still up to their petty crap. Yeah. Yeah. So I think they still feuded afterwards. Probably. That is my theory yeah. as a doctor. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and that, my friends, was the Erfurt Latrinensit which translates from German to Erfurt Latrine Fall. Latrine inserts! Mm-hmm. I am obsessed! I'm obsessed. The end. Too bad they didn't have a Krakenwagen to take them away. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's an ambulance. Right. <laughs> an ambulance of German. Krakenwagen? Krakenwagen. Krakenwagen. Mm, no Krakenwagens yet. And the, it, it would take them to the Krakenwa- Krakenhaus? Krakenhus? Krakenhaus? <laughs> which in America is a crack house. Yeah. <laughs> But in Germany, it's a hospital. Who knew? Uh, so much joy. Yes. Uh, thank you for listening, rating, subscribing, telling your friends about the king who exploded and these people who drowned in shit. Amazing. And, uh, tell, them, uh, tell them that you found, you found out about it here. Yeah. Right in here. In the best place mm-hmm. on the internet. That's right. <laughs> and please, stay interesting. Please do.